There's a difference between do it yourself and do it for a living. At the Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, welcome to another episode of Sanctuary with Sanctuary, Sanctuary, Sanctuary <laughs> Sweet Truth with me and Billy D's. I ain't drunk, I promise. Uh, how you been, man? I've been doing okay. I've been kind of busy, but otherwise I've been doing okay. Yeah, I worked all weekend, so not an eventful weekend. I ain't got no wild hair stories to tell you, but uh, but that's other than that, just working. About all I did. I did uh, spend Sunday night, well, man, that's a lot of work doing these YouTube videos, dude. That ain't bullshit. I sat down yesterday at 5 o'clock in the evening. I had my, I had to go through the material that I was researching, write, right. the, stu- write the stuff and everything, get all the stuff by it. It was 8.30 before I got done with all that. Three and a half hours of sitting at this computer getting all that shit together. Then I started shooting at 11, which that doesn't take quite as long in the, at night. Then I get up this morning at 9 o'clock, I'm on the computer editing. So that right. took me a little while. So two days pretty much. Probably in one video, I've probably got eight hours worth of work. I can add up. Com- combined together. So uh, been working on that. So got another one up. No glitches this time. I will post it tomorrow on Facebook, but there's no glitches on the YouTube video this time. Thank goodness. So it's live? Uh, yeah, it's on there now. Okay, so it, cool. It's been, it's been uploaded. I'm going to post it on my Facebook thing tomorrow and everything and send it out and tweet it. But, I mean, I've actually put it up now. But it's available. But there's no glitches or none of that. Uh, following can't get up 17 times in a row. It's <laughs> I did it right. The way I did it this time, I made it more sense. So uh, the way I – oh, Sean's listening. Cool. <laughs> and uh, – for those of you that don't know, me and Sean's been friends for, good God, how long now? Since I was 18, and I'm 42, so uh, it's been a long time. Uh, we walked many a miles. But, you know, we've been we've been together, uh, done a lot of things together. I won't go into it. We've been around, so <laughs> so uh, been friends a long time. Uh, you mentioned I've mentioned in the past that I'm thinking about doing a stand-up deal, comedy. Right. And 
July the 11th, I've already mixed it around. I didn't want to start July 4th week. So what I did is, uh, and Wendy's listening, try to answer as many of these as I can. And uh, I'm going to go July the 11th, starting that week. And I'm going to go two or three weeks in a row, just watching, observing. I want to know, more or less scouting. I'm going to check out the crowd, check out the regulars, see how it goes. And I was actually thinking about what should I do? You know, like how should I do? You know, a lot of comedians have their own, whatever you want to call it, deal of what they do. Right. And I was telling Christina this last night, and she said, well, you need to take advantage of your Southern thing. Well, at first I thought she meant like me get on a damn cowboy hat and go up there and be like, hey, y'all, what's up, y'all? We're going down there to hunt down at the pokey, you know, some shit like that. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I can't do that. But that isn't what she meant. What she meant is just be myself and tell my stories the way I always do and do it from a comical standpoint. So uh, I, I guess it makes sense. I could try it that way and see how it goes. And uh, kind of, I'm going to have to start writing some material, which I'm not worried about so much right now. Hell, I got a boatload of material I could write just on the first, you know, last 15 years of your life. But um, see how that goes. So I'm going to give it a shot, hoping it pays off it's like it's my, a lot uh, of fun it's my, a lot of fun i, I think it would be i'm, I'm yeah. nervous i'm not gonna lie to you I, if, if you told me to get up in front of somebody and give a speech i wouldn't be the least bit nervous i could speak right now a lecture in front of three thousand fucking people and never never be shaking a damn limb right but this makes me nervous because i don't know about what my full potential is as far as getting up and being com- being comical to people and doing a routine this makes me a little bit nervous I'm not going to lie about it. So I'm trying to get into a comfort zone. That's why I'm going right. to go to, that's why I'm going to go two or three weeks. And my boss asked me, she goes, uh, is this something you really want to do? Cause, and I've been told by several people at work and I'm not as funny with her because no offense, but she wants to talk about deli meat all the time. I don't want to talk about deli meat 24 seven. I mean, I like my job. I'm here to do my job, but I don't want to talk about my work the whole time I'm at work. I like to talk about different things. I like to be funny. I like to, you know, that's just me. So I don't do that right. with her because if, literally you could tell her something that's supposed to be a joke. And there's no offense. She is what she is, but she, she'll switch it around. And next thing you know, she'll be like, go get some hams. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, I, I, and that's just different. So, but, but with everybody else, I can be funny like that. And I've had several people tell me that I would be good at it. And so that I would have, I should give it a shot. So I'm going to give it a shot. But uh, she told me, she said, okay. She said, well, I admire you. You know, you keep on trying, talking about trying to get in the business and trying to do something entertaining, entertainment wise. I said, well, hell, I'm going to do that till they put me in the dirt. Yeah. I mean, that ain't going to stop. Well, I can tell you this. There's a difference between being funny socially. Right. And, and getting on stage and being funny. And I realize that that's why I'm nervous. That's why I'm nervous. If you told me if you told me it was a social event, that's why I think I would be good at improv. Improv. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a nervous bone in my body at all about improv, uh, improvisation at all. And I'm still going to be looking into that. I may try to go Sunday. I ain't sure. Well, Sunday I ain't going to do it. It's Father's Day. But some Sunday coming up because I found a place in Akron. They have open nights that they do it every night in Fairlawn, actually, from seven o'clock at night to nine o'clock at night. Right. And I followed them on Facebook. And well, that met, does a, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I met enough pros during my time when I was doing it that uh, most 
comedians are not the life of the party when you're with them socially, right. backstage or whatever. They are not the people that are bouncing off the walls. Right. As a matter of fact, they're very dry. Wow. Yeah, they're very dry. Well, like, shit. But when they, when, they, when they walk up sta- on stage, there's they turn into something else. And really, getting an angle is one of the key things. It, going up there and telling... I'm, I'm not one to give you any advice, but I, I can tell you because I actually oh, you've went been through, there. You've been there, man. I'll well, take any advice. Well, I, I went through a workshop. I went through a, a development thing for comedians, and that's it, it's a long story. But what it was at the time was when people that went through this development thing, they had a big night at the Funny Stop, where all these people that went through the program. Went on stage, then um, there was a headliner there. And this was my first time in front of a large crowd, and the place was packed. It was just absolutely packed. And it was really, really cool. Dealing with hecklers, there's a lot of people shouting stuff. It's noisy in there. When you get on stage, you, you really can't see the crowd. The lights are in your eyes. And it, it, it's a whole yeah, – <laughs> It's a different experience. Right. And I worked, so, I worked so many years as a disc jockey, I could always hide behind my equipment. I could always, I had, you know, the music, I had the effects and all this. When you're on stage, you got a mic in your hand and that's it. And you are the writer, you are the director, you are the actor, you are everything. And there's a difference between telling jokes and having an act. There's a big, big difference. Exactly. You know, and, and for example, uh, what's his name? Jerry Seinfeld, all those guys, they don't go up there and tell jokes. <laughs> no. I mean, they are up. No, they are up there. They themselves create a persona that's funny. Right. And you really have to organize your material in a way that you have that angle. And there's these things called throwbacks. And when you start your act, you know, you, you make a few funny little quips and then, then you go on to some other material and then. You'll, you'll end usually, or at some point in your routine, you'll you'll refer back to some of the earlier jokes and kind of ties it all together. And those are called throwbacks. And if you can if you can tie all that together, you you can really do a nice stint in five minutes. You really can. Um, but you know, just work on it and you tie all your stuff together. Have an angle. Uh, your wife with the with the southern I would call these southern sensibilities. A lot of right. people like that is funny. That's just naturally funny. Right. You know, the, 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 the plain old fashioned, simple point of view with a southern accent just comes off hilarious. It really that's, does. Well, that's what worried me is at first when she said it, I thought, well, I don't want to be another Larry the Cable guy because I'm not going to, or Jeff Fox. No, 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 no. I'm you not going to get up. I'm not a, and there's no offense to anybody that is, but I'm not a redneck. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I don't do none of that shit. I've been hunting one time in my life for 10 minutes. Says raining. Right. This is bullshit. And I went back in the house. If I want to hunt, I'll go to the damn grocery store and grab some meat off the damn shelf, go home and cook it. Mm-hmm. I'm not for standing out there with a the woods hunker down and a damn gun. That's just me. So, so uh, that doesn't. So I couldn't do those kind of things. But I understood where she was coming from after we got to talking. That uh, I think I could do a good job at it, but it's going to take some work. Because I understand what you're saying as far as writing your material. You have to start off and then segue into different things and then work it back around, you know, right. wherever. Yeah, because I've seen Robin Williams do that dozens of times. A lot of times his last joke would revert, reflect right back to the very first one right. and uh, and uh, doing things like that. And, and I think I could write the material. I'm not so much worried 
about writing the material as I am getting up there and coming up with the right persona or presenting myself the right way and then being funny. That's what worries me. I think I know me. If I got up there the very first night and I looked up there and I didn't get a damn laugh one, I would quit. I'd be done. Right. And, and I just, would advise doing doing like a regular amateur night. The, the road oh, that's that what I I'm going to do, yeah. Yeah, the, the road that I went down threw me right into the fire right away. And uh-huh. it was I, – I wouldn't take back the way that it happened. And then I worked for a while afterwards after after this all, all happened. And actually I made a few contacts that night. I had a few booking agents come up to me and give me their cards and stuff. But um, I, I never really took off as a pro per se. I mean, it was it was a fun thing to do on the side, but right. um, I probably should have hung with it. And every once in a while, I get the itch to do it again. But that night was just crazy. I mean, the radio station promoted it all day long. And then what really made me nervous is the MC yeah. made this comment that this is one of the best groups that, that they've, they've had come out. And I didn't want him to say that because that raises the expectation. Raises the bar, yeah. And and actually, the group that I was in, there was only three of us. There was there was me. There was this young guy. He was about 21 or 22 years old. And there was this uh, older woman, and she was in her 60s. And what are what, what the people that were developing us told us that the, the age stand up comedy is is one of the few aspects of show business where your looks and your age do not matter. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, being extraordinarily good looking is 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 probably not a good thing. There aren't too many comics that are extraordinarily good looking. There's not a Brad Pitt or there's not an Angelina Jolie of of comedy. Most comics look a little odd, or at least average looking. Because they have to be able to play off themselves. They have to do the self-deprecating humor and all these other things. And she actually – I was nervous for her because in the rehearsals and, and uh, when the men <laughs> – this is an experience. When you have uh, – these, these uh, managers will actually have you do a, uh, a dry presentation of yourself during, during the day. You'll come in like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon and go up on the stage and do some of your material. And there's no audience. Okay, and there's like the manager and a few other people there, and they just they they, they just sit there. They don't laugh. That you can't tell whether you're, they they're liking you or not. Let me tell you something. That's really awkward. That's right. really a that's really a strange a, a strange experience. And when I went through that, um, I was really nervous for her because she didn't do so good. I, I kind of had a feeling that the young guy was going to do really well. He had some good stuff. You know, he he had he. I don't remember his material, but he had stuff like. When you walk by an, uh, an, uh, an uh, apartment com- complex, they name the apartment complex for what used to be there before they built it, like Rolling Acres or <laughs> Rolling right. Meadows. That, that's what used to be there before they built the complex. Yeah. You know, it, was, it, was, it was funny. You know, it was funny stuff. But anyway, that night, he went up there and was just awful. You couldn't hear him. He was talking into the floor. And then the, uh, the, the stage manager was blinking the lights. He wasn't getting off. And finally... The uh, the uh, they cut his mic, and when when they cut his mic, he turned around and flipped off the crowd, and everybody just booed. And I was like, "Oh, damn! No, <laughs> I've got to go up there," you know. After he pissed off the crowd, and I went up there, and here again, the place is packed, noisy as hell. Okay, and my coach came up to me and says, "Listen," he says, "They'll give you a, a polite applause." Okay, he said, take advantage of it. As soon as they say your name and you start walking out there and you hear that applause, go right up to that mic and say something. Okay, don't have any silence between the time you're introduced 
and the time you get to that mic. Okay, because the way this crowd is, they'll tear you up. He said, make sure. So now I'm really, <laughs> now I'm really nervous, you know. So. Silence, yeah, silence in between jokes doesn't work with everybody. It's very, right. well, it's usually well, was, your weathered comedians that can pull that off. Well, the crowd was hostile, okay, and he said they'll get, when you, when you get introduced, they'll give you a polite uh, applause, but don't waste any time. Get on that mic and say something funny right away. And, and then, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? So they call my name, you know, and I get this polite applause, and I walk up to the mic. And I said, hello, everybody. I'm Billy Dees from Canton, Ohio. And be gentle. Okay, this is my first time, so be gentle. And then I said, yeah, I said the same thing to my proctologist last week, and it didn't mean shit to him either. <laughs> and I got, a, I got a great big laugh. And then I was okay. And then I went, through my, I went through my uh, material, and I got through it. And it, and then I got to tell you that lady was fantastic. The the lady that I felt was going to bomb, she went up there and she did great. She got a big applause. I was really happy for her. So it was a great experience. Well, it was an absolutely great experience. Yeah. What you said were funny, so I thought it thank you. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll tell this real quick. Sean wants me to tell this story real quick. We were riding down the road. We went uh-huh. to uh, we we were younger. I was nineteen. He was twenty one. And we were his car, and we worked at this pallet company where when you built pallets, you worked on production as well as your regular pay. And this particular week, I'd gotten, this is back in, hell, 94, so I'd got a pretty decent check for that time of, uh, for that particular time. It was really well, well checked. So I was riding down the road, and I was like all happy about it. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, let's talk about the check. And, that's, and we always rode with our windows down. So I said, Ah, hell, I'd be being a dumbass. They'll just be stupid and silly. I said, I don't need this thing. And I slugged my hand out the window. <laughs> Fucking chick went flying out down <laughs> went down the road. I believe he's the one that found it, if I'm not mistaken. We, oh, had to, we had to turn around, man. We looked for it for a minute, too, man. We was on the side of the road looking through the damn grass and the ditch, every damn thing, man. This chick was just gone. And, man, I was sweating. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was like 350. Or something back then. You know, that was a pretty good check that time. Because minimum wage at that time was a little about five bucks an hour. Back in that day. Right, so, right. Uh, down in, in Georgia anyway. So uh, I was shocked. I was, it blew my mind. I was so sweating bullets. But I mean, it just keeps your mind. Don't do anything stupid unless you want the results. Because that, that, that could have been a worse day if he hadn't have found that check. I'm pretty sure he's the one that found it, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh. So I'm going to give it a shot. Adam West is dead, as you know, passed away. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. It's sad. Yeah, he lived a long life. I heard an interview today with Burt Ward, and evidently they were really still good friends. Uh, they had, matter of fact, they were supposed to, in two weeks, be in Vegas together. And uh, they did tours. They had a tour planned for the rest of the year. They go to these comic cons and that kind of stuff together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of that stuff. Now, a lot of people, and I tell this in the YouTube video, I'm not going to go into all the details, but a lot of people think that Bat- that he was the first Batman on TV, but he wasn't. There was a, he was the first one to make it famous. But there was a, there was a Batman show from the 1930s that used to come out. Uh, from way back in the day, I watched. I used to have the DVDs to it, and boy, it was pitiful. The damn mask he wore looked like a pair of pajamas sitting on his fucking head. It was awful. Right. It was. I mean, the, the, of course, it was the 1930s. They didn't have the technology, you know. They had as time went on, but it was awful. But uh, he made Batman, and I, what I liked about that show, and me and my son was watching it today because I got it on DVD, is 
they were always fu- uh, quirky on purpose. Oh, yeah, if it was ever, campy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. If you ever watch the show, all people say, well, this is stupid. They did it on purpose. It wasn't like, like on this show, he pulls out a damn welding torch, starts uh, uh, taking off his gate off the side of a house. And then when he gets done, he's, uh, Robin's fixing to throw it down. He tells him, no, there's pedestrians down there. you got to keep an eye out. You know? So he take, takes a hook out of his belt and puts, sticks it on the damn side of the building and hangs the gate up on the side of the damn thing. <laughs> like, who keeps a damn sticky hook on their damn belt, you know? Right, but, right. But it was on purpose. But, um, yeah, he passed away. But it was uh, he lived a long time. He actually did parts on Family Guy, did voice acting on that show. Yes, he did, yes. Uh, I well, I always what I don't like is all these people that you you know were familiar with when you were younger, and it seemed like they were going to live forever, and they're just dropping off. It just it kind of reminds uh, you of your own mortality. It oh, really I does. think I think the same thing. Trust me, I thought the same thing. These people, you know, that I watched as a kid, now they're passing on. And I'm like, well, damn. Well, who, who would have ever? Who would ever imagine? Who would have ever imagined Michael Jackson at, the, at his height would be gone that quickly? Oh, I know. Or or Prince or any of them. George I, I Michael. Mean it's, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we could go on and on. David Bowie. I yeah. mean, uh, it's it's just uh, it's crazy. Some of it brought on by their own self, but we're going to get into this topic tonight. I'll go ahead and mention the topic real quick. Sure. Addiction. Is it is uh, really pretty much what it is? Is addiction? Is it a disease? Or is it, you know, just a, you know, habit, whatever the case may be. I'm going to discuss what does it stem from or whatever. And uh, I will warn you before we get into the topic, here in a little bit, I am going to use a little bit of tough love, so bear with me. I do believe Ooh. in tough love, but we'll have a solution as well. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let people go ahead and hate you because I know they would hate me if I really went into detail on this. So I, I get hated enough, you know. <laughs> Oh, I don't give a damn for hate me. There's an odd dignity about that. I don't know what it is. There's an odd dignity about being hated. It's just. Uh, well, when I was younger, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I wanted to be loved by everybody, but I just came to the fucking uh, conclusion. Happen. When I came to the fucking conclusion that that ain't going to fucking happen. And I'm not a politically correct person. Never will be. I'm a person I just tell like it is. And, uh,. That's how it is. I mean, I just wait. You know, I'm going to tell it like I see it. And either you like it or you lump it. It don't matter. I mean, if you want to choose to hate me and not like me anymore, well, that's on you. It ain't got a fucking problem to do with me. I, you know what? When this show is over, I'm still going to lay my head down on that fucking pillow in there and go straight to goddamn sleep. There I you go. Give it. So, I mean, don't make a shit. Uh, well, when you get on stage, you got to let me know when you're going to go because I'll certainly try to be there. I wouldn't want to miss Well, I'm going to be so honest get- with you. I'm going to be honest with you. The first night I do it myself, Personally, not I'm not telling come. a motherfucker because I ain't because I don't want to fail in front of everybody. Now it's already going to be bad enough if some strangers are down there looking at me and don't say shit. And another reason why I'm not going to do it is because, just to be honest, your friends and your family will tell you shit all the time. Oh, you're great in the back of their mind. That, that's this true. That's true. The fuck. Yeah. So I want to perform well in front of some strangers. Now, if I do good the first time I get up there, I'll. Uh, what is DS? I love DS. Tell him. He says that's what Sean's trying to tell me. Tell me what DS is. I'm telling him that. But uh, yeah. now, if I do good the first time, the next time I go, I'll invite you. I'm gonna invite people from work. I'm gonna invite everybody. But the first night, I ain't too sure I'm gonna invite too many people. I'm probably gonna keep it mum as the word. <laughs> Wait. 
I had that. I had that. But that thing grew into such a big thing with the radio advertising and everything else. You know, in my case, that everybody knew about it anyway. So I had about twenty people. I had about twenty people there, and fortunately, it went well. And they all they all still talk about that that night. That that night was crazy, and the headliner that night was hysterical. It was absolutely right. uh, off the wall. Well, when we went so to it, New, it was a fun. Night. When we went to New York, we went to the stand-up comedy, as I've told before. But um, the headliner, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't impressed with it all. He kind of pissed me off. He wanted to get into this Black Lives Matter shit, and and, and not from a comical standpoint, like a promoting standpoint. And oh, then, okay. when he, then when he Political, got to the end, yeah. yeah. Then when he got to the end, it wasn't nothing funny about any of the shit he was saying about it. And then when he got toward the end, he was talking about eating fucking right, and he was a vegan and not of this, and we know you, oh, you eat this, you, you. Try to, like, we're supposed to go home and change our diet because this fucker said it. But, uh, oh, D's, he likes you. Hey, uh, that's what Sean was trying to say. It was DS, but he was trying to say D's. So he was oh, saying, okay. yeah, he was trying to say he likes you. So. Oh, good. Well, thank you. <laughs> but, there, uh, there's one. There's one. But uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but the but the guy before him, fucking phenomenal. Really? Okay. Got up there. That's the one I was telling about. That when he got up there, he didn't say a joke one out of any material. He got up there and started working the crowd. Got one teenager that he pointed out with his parents. Started talking with him, joking with him, telling jokes with him and his family and all this shit. And before you knew it, he looked up and he said, "Well, I'm out of time. I had some jokes, but I don't have time to tell them." And he left. It was it. Right. And it was hilarious. I mean, hilarious. Never said shit. That's what I would really like to do if I could do that. But that's going to take some time to get to because I don't want to go up there my first night and not have any material. But he just went with it, straight with the crowd. I'm like, this uh-huh. dude's fucking fantastic. I mean, awesome. But uh, The Mummy, that movie came out last week. Uh-huh. I wanted to make mention of this. It's got bad reviews. Right. Tom Cruise, last damn movie he's played in it, I thought was worth a shit, was Tropic Thunder. Because I thought he did a damn good job in that. But the rest of the time, I don't really give a shit about him. But The Mission Impossible movies are, aren't bad. The, I stunts really, that, the stunts that he does in those things are, are very impressive. I'll give him that. Does he do them himself? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, there ain't many, but I know Bruce Willis does his own, too. Well, when he, I can't think of the name of the building there in Dubai. It's the Wiz Khalifa or something like that. It's the tallest building in the world. He hung outside of that thing. And there were videos online of him swinging past the windows where the workers were, you know, while they were filming. And he was like waving. (laughs) And I'm telling you, man, he is up there. He is really, really up there. Well, I'll give you credit for that. My only comment is, is I don't think me personally the science fiction movies that he's always in, I would stay away from that. You know, stay like he's the movies that you're talking choices. about. Yeah, the bad choices. I mean, he needs to go back to a, like a few good men and some of those romantic comedies and some of those other things that he did. Uh, Jerry Maguire. I mean, the, those are the types of things that the audience really connected with him, and he's getting into these science fiction movies now. And these, uh, and I'm not maybe it's because of Scientology. <laughs> could be. I don't know. <laughs> but the movie's got bad reviews. They right. say it's they say it's possibly the worst movie he's ever done. I don't know how it could get much worse than the white guy playing the Last Samurai. But that was fucking. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't. Me, he he wasn't playing a Japanese person though. He was playing an American. Oh, was he? I don't did you, did you I just, see the movie? I haven't seen the movie. I don't watch much <laughs> All right, with Tom. You are criticizing. I don't watch much Tom Cruise. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a huge he, fan. He played, he, played, he played a Union soldier, somebody who was in the 
uh, this was like post Civil War era type thing. And he 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 was sent over there to help. I don't remember the exact plot, but train these people to fight. And what he ended up doing was getting involved with a culture over there and and, and so on. But he was not playing a Japan, a Japanese person. Oh, uh, OK. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe it's on HBO. I can't see me. Watch that was actually movie. pretty good. I liked it. Now, the mummy, I'm going to tell you how bad this writing is for this movie. I'm tired of mummy movies anyway. I'm tired of mummy movies, tired of fucking Hercules movies. That shit's oh, yeah. overdone. I, these remakes are out of control. It's way overdone. I mean, I don't give a shit about seeing somebody wrapped in a bunch of gauze pads running around, you know, and whatever the fuck. That's just getting ridiculous. But they've went a notch worse on this. Did you hear who Russell Crowe is playing? I can't imagine. Movie? Dr. Jekyll. What the oh, fuck yeah. does Dr. Jekyll got to do with a goddamn mummy? I have no idea. He's playing Dr. Jekyll. Well, they're, they're setting up some sort of a franchise of like these monster type, oh whatever these things God. are. That's what it is. That's oh, my is. God. Are you serious? Now they go have a Dr. Jekyll movie. They'll probably have a Dracula and a Frank. Well, they've already had Frankenstein. I don't know how many damn times. Oh, Lord. I'm just so tired of Hollywood and where the hell it's going. It ain't even funny. And the only thing I got, one more real quick, we can't get into this a whole lot, but I do want to make mention of this before we go to the topic. Bernie Sanders is behind this new thing starting. Have you heard about this People's Party? Mm, no. There's a group of Democrats wanting to split off and start their own party called the People's Party because they're fed up with the Democratic Party, so they don't have anybody leading worth a shit, and they're trying to get Bernie Sanders to back it, and Bernie Sanders seems to be interested. Hmm. Yeah, you have to uh, YouTube it. I know I, I saw where he was talking about it today. Bernie Sanders was talking about it, and uh, I don't blame him. Really, I mean the party sucks, the leader sucks. They don't have anybody really strong. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't. Me, if it was up to me, I'd do away with party systems altogether. But that ain't going to happen. No, it's not. I mean, just a realistic world, that's not going to happen. And uh, so, I mean, but this is, this is there's a 15-page document being presented, from what I understand. A 15-page document presented, possibly, uh, I thought it was presented to Bernie Sanders. And it's actually uh, one of the things they're wanting to talk about is free tuition in colleges, which is one of the things Bernie Sanders was behind, too. So. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. For those of you that follow, I do want to make mention before we go to the main topic, Golden State still leads Cleveland with 10 minutes to go in the game, 106 to 98. So they have closed it up a little bit, but it's now 106 to 98. This could be the final game, folks, quite possibly. And for me personally, I don't give a shit, and I'll be glad. I know if you, those of you from Cleveland hate to hear that, but I just don't give a damn. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm from Atlanta, and I don't even like the damn Hawks. So, <laughs> I don't follow basketball. So, I'll just be glad when it's done and over with. It don't make no difference to me one way or the other. I don't watch it, don't follow it. So, just my point of view. Right, Might right. piss some people off with that, but hey, it is what it is. You don't watch NASCAR probably, so, there. <laughs> it ain't going to piss me off if you don't watch racing. Topic I got tonight. 
I wanted to come up with, and you can talk with me too on this. I don't don't let me do all the talk. You got to give your view too. All right. All right. Wait, there's a psycho the psychology field, therapist and whatnot. In the last, I don't know how many years this has come about. They've come about education. I think he's talking about still Sean. I was talking about Sean. I think he's still talking about the Bernie Sanders deal. I think they've gotten they've gotten to this thing now where alcoholism, drug addiction, things like this, it's now automatically or somehow magically become a disease. Now, I don't agree with that. And here's the reason why. Now, whether you're faithful or not doesn't make a damn. This is one thing we all have to damn agree on unless you're a dumb, complete, nutter, stupid. We're all free moral agents. We're all free to make our own choices. Every alcoholic you ever meet, I guarantee you nine times out of ten, started out as a social drinker. It has to start somewhere. They chose to start. They chose to take a drink. They chose to let it consume them by keeping on doing it to an excess. Uh-huh. That's not a disease. That's something you have chosen. Somebody that gets diabetes, unless they've ate sweets till they've developed it to death, somebody that gets diabetes or heart disease, they don't choose that. That's a disease. And I know genetics is in your, you know, yada, 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 yada. I don't buy that shit. And I'll tell you why I don't buy that shit. I got alcoholism on both sides of my fucking family. Both sides. Dad and mama. And I ain't never, ever. Now, I've been a social drinker, don't get me wrong. And I still occasionally drink a beer. But I'm not going to drink to excess because I what? Choose not to. And I've never gotten up and said, man, I feel this powerful urge because of the genes in my damn body or whatever the fucking case may be just to start drinking and keep on drinking. I've never had that problem. So I don't buy all that shit. I think it's a choice. A person that shoots heroin, that's not a fucking disease, people. Come on. Somebody has went and bought the shit, put it in a damn needle, and shot it in their fucking arm because they chose to do it. That's not a disease. I mean, what's next? Sex addicts? That's a disease? <laughs> I mean, right. you, when are we at? When in this fucking country? When in this country are we going to be accountable for our own fucking actions? You can't pass the buck. Every time. There's people get, that get checks because they're alcoholics. Yep. That's What the fuck? Abraham Lincoln would roll over in his fucking grave right now if he knew half the shit going on in this country. If you'd have told him stupid shit like that, he'd probably, I, I don't know what he'd have said. I'd like to hear. 
You can't always pass the book. And that's where the extreme liberals have gotten nuts. At some point in this life, you've got to say, hey, I fucked up. I made a poor decision. I shouldn't have done that. But I'm going to seek help. Now, if you're in that situation, and you're a drug addict, alcoholic, sex addict, I don't know what the hell, all kinds of addictions that are gambling addicts. I mean, gambling addicts, that, they even say that's a fucking disease. Right. You're the one going in there and making a choice to put the fucking money in the damn slot machines or <coughs> play the tables. I mean, can you not say no? Can you not look at your your bank account and say, hey, I got rent due. If I start spending all this money, right. what the fuck are we going to do? Hang on. All right, sorry. Hey, that's right. But Well, the only thing that I can say is that I do believe that there are physiological and psychological dependencies that people, some people are prone to, whether it be through genetics or whether it be through conditioning. With that being said, alcohol would certainly be one of them. With that being said, though, there is a point where you have to recognize that Parkinson's disease, for example, if can you can you will that away with a positive attitude? No. no, you cannot. But you can with alcoholism, and people do it all the time. Right. They they overcome addiction to cigarettes the same way. Yep. They overcome addictions to food the very same way. And I don't in any way, shape, or form want to minimize these addictions. I know they can be very hard to overcome. I have I have a sweet tooth. You know, I eat a lot of things that I shouldn't have I, that I shouldn't. No, I, I think too. everybody at some point has has some sort of a a need or a desire that they have a hard time controlling. Okay, but it's coming. It, it's getting to the point where, like you said, there are a lot of people who need a coach to work out, or or they they can't stay motivated, or they need a per, they need a business coach. And I've I've been working with a lot of those lately. You know, for what I do with with my own job. A lot of people, that's their job is, is coaching people how to run their business. So there's a lot of times you do need help. You do need help to overcome an addiction. You do need help to control oh, yourself. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and, and that's fine. But you, I, that does not mean that it is a disease per se. And, and the only thing here again, I have some empathy for, for those addictions. But what I don't like is what you're talking about where we're now turning the tide to where bad habits and character flaws are becoming diseases. You know, the sex addiction, the porn addiction, the gambling addiction. And, and, and to be clear here, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of evidence, and your brother would probably know more about this than I do, that there is a, a chemical. Oh, yeah. there, there, there's a chemical in your brain. When you, for example, when you're sitting at a, at a slot machine and you pull that slot and those thing bells and everything starts ringing, that's all designed to stimulate you. Okay. Yeah. 
And as a matter of fact, I saw a very interesting program on 60 Minutes a week or two ago about how the social media apps and all that, how they're designed to give you that same gratification as you scroll down through your timeline. You get the same gratification as you do when you're pulling slots. So there is something going on in your mind that you can become addicted to. No, don't get me wrong now. I do believe it's physical. Right. But I, I, all all I'm saying is is I I, I want to you know I, I I get that part of it, but we can't make everything that gives you pleasure, whether it be too much sex, too much gambling, to, you know, so spending too much money that you you know for things you can't afford, undone line. These things are not diseases. No. Okay. They're they're you know they're not. They're things I mean, that you have to learn to control, and sometimes you may need help doing that. I mean, I've been quit smoking twelve weeks, still using a little bit of the vape tapering down on that but i realize it's because i started smoking cigarettes i don't sit here and say it's a disease i know what it right. is hang on one sure absolutely all right but it's, it's right. not because of diseases it's because don't get me wrong i think it's a physical addiction i do believe that i believe alcohol is a physical craving I don't say that it isn't. I'm not saying you're just doing it because you want to do it. I do believe right. at, at some point it reaches that point. Same with anything that's an addiction. But what I'm saying is you had to make choices to get to that point. To where it became a physical addiction or a physical Correct. craving. That's what I'm saying. I have some empathy here again for people who were conditioned into, let's say, a drug lifestyle by, by irresponsible parents. Oh, yeah. I have, a, I have a certain empathy for people who were in a bad accident or, or they went through some sort of an illness where they had a lot of pain and they, they became addicted to painkillers. That is very understandable. I have a lot of empathy for that. But by the same token, the massive drug problem that's out there, these, prob- these people didn't fall into those problems in that way. Like you said. They know that it's illegal. They know that that it's something that they shouldn't be doing, and they do it anyway. Well, see, and, I have I have empathy for them. I understand. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. But absolutely. still, and yet, still, and yet, you still have to make choices. I came not that that this is an addiction, but I came from a home for a while when I was younger. There was an abusive home. But I have two sons. And so people say, well, that's going to make you abusive. I don't abuse my kids. I have chosen to raise my families, my family at a different standard because I Absolutely. make choices better than what my previous family did. I'm not one of these people that's going to be like blaming my guy how I am now on my fucking past. That's my past. That ain't got shit to do with me. That's over and done. I put that behind right. me. I'm taking, I'm taking steps forward. Not backward. So you have to come to that mentality. Some people it takes longer than others. Some people don't ever get to that mentality. Some people die in it. Well, that's those are the people that drive me crazy. Now here, here's the deal. I'm here again. I'm actually probably a little bit more liberal on this than you are. I believe that if you know you have a problem and you want help, you should be able to walk up to a police officer and say, "I need help." Without the fear of getting arrested right away, there should no, be some I agree sort of a, with you. There, there should be some sort of a civil program that you can be put in, and as long as you stay on it, you don't get hit with criminal charges. I, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. No, I what don't. I do have, 
what I do have a problem with, and I'll just take a minute to say this, and then you can have the rest of the program. Oh, these are the people that these are the people that really piss me off. I've known a lot of alcoholics in my time, and some of them were the most dirty, rotten son of a bitches you ever met. <laughs> they they beat the hell out of their wives, they beat the hell out of their kids. They they got into their car routinely, drunk off their ass, and drove around. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They could take out an entire family drunk off their ass on the highway, take out an entire family, and then make their way through the legal system somehow or other and turn around and go right back out and do it again. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time. I, I have a hard time putting somebody like that in the same classification as all those dear sweet kids that are at Akron Children's Hospital right now struggling with leukemia, struggling with MS, struggling with those kind to say that those people both have equally have diseases is bull. It is right. bull. Exactly. And Jeff, I'm not sure who that is, but he said he learned he's listening too. He said he said Shane you learn from the past. And that's what you have to do. And I agree Certainly. with you. It is bull. There's a lot of people that work the system. And uh I'm not saying that you don't ha- if you're an addict you don't have an addiction. I'm not saying uh, that you that you don't need help if you need rehab. And I agree with Billy that it should be without criminal. Matter of fact, I wish that some of the people they locked up would try to give them a chance to get rehab myself and right. get them some help. But all I'm trying to tell you is make better choices. If you're not down that road yet, if you haven't come to that road yet and you've been thinking about taking that road, don't take it. It's a dark road. And it'll lead you only to the wrong place. Your answer to all of your problems is not alcohol, drugs. All you're doing is putting another problem on it. You've just added another problem. It's not a solution. Because when you sober up, guess what? Same problems right there. Out of time. Holler at y'all Monday. Wrap me in bacon. Bacon crumbles on my head. Poor bacon crumbles on his head. Now that I think of it, I'll just go to Little Caesars. So go to Little Caesars. Get a bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pizza instead. Get a bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pizza instead. Get a Little Caesars large, hot and ready bacon wrap, deep, deep dish pepperoni and bacon pizza wrapped in over three and a half feet of bacon for just twelve bucks at participating locations plus tax. Pizza, pizza. Introducing my new $4.99 Spicy Chicken Strips Combo. 100% all-white meat strips with crunchy batter and the perfect kick of spice. The chicken is bigger, tastier, and only $4.99 with fries and a drink. Go get it. Plus tax. Limited time only. Price and participation varies. Three-piece combo with small drink and fries.